Happy Brews Day Tuesday, everybody. I'm Ashley Powers, and you're listening to Bitch Beer. Caroline is out of town this week being a badass, promoting all the film festivals she's part of, so it's just me this week. As we said last episode, this week we're sharing the recording of our International Women's Day panel at Red Hair that happened on March 8th. We were joined by old friends of the show Jen Price, Chris Hughes, and Stephanie Grant, and new friend Melissa Harbors, owner of Pinkies Up Craft Beer and Wine Lounge. We had the chance this weekend to visit Pinkies Up for the first time in celebration of the Pink Boots Society flight of beers coming together. In the lineup was Imperial Meridian, brewed by Sarah Green at Ironmonger, The Loud Peach from Smoothie Brews, which you got to hear all about in episode 25, Suffer Until Suffrage from New Realm and Second Self, which you heard all about in episode 24, and Hoppy is the New Black from Arches that we helped brew earlier the same day this panel was hosted. Pinky's Up is located in Roswell, not far off of 400 North. The vibe is so open and bright. Everything is wood and metal with barrel side tables and family-style seating. The tab menu has current measurements of how much of every beer they have left, which is super cool. Lots of beer and wine to take home, refrigerated and not. We can't wait to go back. This discussion was an honest one, and we get into some serious stuff. The panel touches on personal experiences with being discriminated against in the beer industry, what the industry can do to be more inclusive, and what we as women can do to support each other. Let's listen in. Happy International Women's Day to everyone, because no one would be here if it weren't for a woman. So, um, so for those of you who don't know, my name is Ashley Power. And I am Caroline King, and this is Bitch Beer. Uh, we have been co-hosting Bitch Beer for almost a year now, um, and we are honored to be talking with these lovely ladies who we met, who we've met only through doing Bitch Beer. Um, but first, we want to give a quick shout out to Stephanie of the Rolling Mat, who is amazing. She's provided all the music you're hearing tonight. She's providing our sound tonight. Um, and she does yoga classes here at Red Hair and all over the city, so you should definitely check her out. And also to the other uh, wonderful women-owned uh, businesses that are here, CC's Brazilian Sweets and uh, Roden and Fields uh, Face Wash Beauty Care Skin Product. It, it, you should absolutely check it out. Follow them on social media. Um, but I think we should have you all introduce yourselves and who you are. Yes. We have some pretty ladies here tonight, so we're going to pass the microphone around, introduce yourself, what you do, and your favorite beer right now. Okay. Uh, my name is Melissa Harbers. I am actually the uh, financial liaison for Pink Boots. Pink Boots specializes or is a 5013C nonprofit that supports women in the craft or in the beer industry in Atlanta. Um, I'm also the owner of Pinkies Up Beer and Wine. Uh, it's a growler shop, and we special ty- specialize in beers from around the world as well as a proprietary software. Favorite beer? Oh, my favorite beer is uh, Straff Hendrick Triple. <laughs> so we, we have 21 beer taps, um, and we're located on Crabapple and Holcomb Ridge in Roswell, Georgia. Hello, my name is Stephanie Grant. I am a beer writer. And I'm also on Instagram as She Loves Craft. Um, favorite beer currently? Last night I had 1050, um, their barrel age version. It's always a favorite. It's probably one of my top five. So. I did. <laughs> well, um, there was a podcast in there named Bitch Beer. Um, and I also featured some other women in Atlanta who are doing really cool things. Um, I really could have wrote a book because there's tons of women here that are doing awesome things, and I keep meet, running into them every day, and it's, it's awesome. But the article is called Women Flourish in Atlanta. Um, so, yeah, check it out. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I think it's, yes. All right, how you guys doing? Are you having a good time tonight? Are you feeling the energy? Hey guys, how you doing? My name is Chris, AKA the craft beer connoisseur. I'm a beer blogger, aficionado, influencer. Been blogging about beer for a few years now. Uh, right about now, I'm just, you know, experiencing lovely beer. One of my challenges for this year is 2019 beers in 2019. So if you want to help me out, buy me a beer. Um, <laughs> How far have you 
I am at beer, okay, so here's how, what's going on? <laughs> so I'm supposed to do about 160 beers a month to stay on track. Okay. I'm at about 175, which is good, but I'm about a month behind now that we're trickling into March. Don't forget February was short. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> cut me some slack there. But I, I, I'm progressing well. Truly, I don't believe that I'll accomplish 20, 2019 beers. But uh, it's, it's just something fun and challenging to do and, and just puts me out there to try more and more new beers um, here and there. Uh, currently, I'm uh, just blogging about my experience, working on some events here in Atlanta and also a part of Craft Women Connect, uh, which is a... Um, group of women here that just started a group uh, for, for, for women interested in beer. And, you know, if you want to be a part of great things in beer, then that's what we're here for. Very, very new. And um, also, I am filming a documentary called Why Black People Don't Drink Beer. Um, it's exploring minorities in craft brewing from consumption to distribution. Um, I've been working on it for over a year now. I hope that when it is completed, it will be a great project. And um, look this spring for my event. That's going to be the ultimate craft experience. That's what, that, that's what I have going on right now. And my favorite beer right now, listen, I've been in the trading game, so I've been coming across some really good stuff. The best beer that I've really, really tried that I'm like, I got to get my hands on that again is from The Veil from out of Virginia, and it was Tefnut. And it's actually a perfect beer for days like this where it's International Women's Day. It's a, a collaboration brew with Omnipolo, even the label and everything on there, Women Empowerment. And it's um, a fruited Goza. Maybe it's an Imperial Goza. It's an Imperial Goza. It was like 11%. What? Man, it was a juice bomb. It was, del it was delicious. I wish I had more to share with you guys today. But I don't. Unfortunately. Awesome. <laughs> hey, guys. My name is Jen Price. I'm author of The Chick's Guide to Beer and owner of the Atlanta Beer Boutique. Um, ABB is a mobile craft beer experience company. We do pop-ups, tastings, classes, workshops for private folks. I do my own events, and we do corporate events as well. So if you're looking for a good team-building experience for your company, hit me up. Um, I'm working on opening my shop, though, um, called the Atlanta Beer Boutique. It's sort of in, I'm looking for property right now, and that has proven to be a marathon and not a sprint. But um, I'm built for it. It's what I want to do. So I'm just waiting until I find the perfect space. Um, and my favorite beer, I always say, is the one I'm drinking right now. And this is uh, Watership Brown, which I have not had since Red Hair started. So years ago, it's my first time having it again. It's really, really good. But I'm also really getting into meads right now, which is normally not my style because I don't like sweet or like yeah, sweet stuff. But Charm City has a really good elderflower and a lemongrass one. Um, so it's a little more herbaceous than than you would think, and not as sweet as normal. So, But this is actually my favorite because that's what I got in my hand. So, yeah, and it's 7.2%. Well, I was like, what? <laughs> so in the spirit of International Women's Day, so just being women in the beer industry, um, what can you kind of speak to? What's been your experience since you started in the beer industry to what it is now? Because I feel like even just the year that since we got involved, it has just completely changed, especially because we got involved right when the law changed and everything. Um, so what sort of changes and strides have you seen being made in the beer industry since you got started into it? We can go down the line again if you want, or anybody wants to start. Um, well, I can definitely say that the respect of women has exponentially um, you know, just the amount of women being in uh, pink boots, just uh, how much we've grown. And uh, if you guys get a chance to actually go and speak to some of these pink boots people, they are, it's like the coming together of titans when it comes to the mind and understanding the chemistry. The respect that women are getting in breweries all around Atlanta is paying homage to the fact that we have our right to, you know, speak to be part of the brewing process, to be part of the front, you know, front of house, back of house. Um, and I just think that's going to continue to exponentially grow as we get into uh, 2020. And then for people who don't know about Pink Boots Society, so, oh. so what are the requirements for being in Pink Boots Society? What sort of people are, uh, what sort of women are in Pink Boots Society? So Pink Boots Society is actually an international 5013C. Uh, we. 
Five, it's a nonprofit. <laughs> so in order, so it's a nonprofit. That means that anything that you give to us, we don't make any money on it. It actually goes to uh, supporting women in the beer industry all around the world. We've had women in Japan, women in Belgium doing a beer day. So this year, if you guys see it, we actually have our proprietary blend thanks to Yakima Chief, and it's specifically hops. One of them is Sabro, and if you guys want to come up and smell like the best thing ever today, yeah. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. yeah. Just do whatever you do. Do not pour it out because that is my new car air freshener. <laughs> no joke. <laughs> so we actually are um, doing, and there's a bunch of breweries that are doing it, Arches, Atlanta Beer Company, New Realm, Second Self, um, Reformation also did it, and it's a Yakima Chief blend. And it's specifically all the proceeds, $3 per pound of this hot blend that was purchased goes back into not only the Atlanta chapter, supporting the women in the beer industry in the Atlanta area, but also the national chapter, which is, you know, all around the world. But to be in the pink boots, you have to have at least 25% of your income coming from the beer industry, whether that be brewing, whether that be sales, whether that be podcasts and books. <laughs> and, and just let you know that the money that is raised for pink boots, like if anyone has a, a, they actually do a, they're doing a wristband right now. So three bears for $15, a portion of that does go back to pink boots. We are sending women to conferences. We're giving them scholarships. I mean, if you understood the complexity of hops and how they're grown and how they're spliced and the type of you know, nutrients that are in a soil when they're harvested, it's just this whole entire science that I wish I could speak more to, but I'm do marketing. Uh, <laughs> I, that's what I do. Um, and these women are so incredibly smart. So we're, we're giving them scholarships. And for the women in the front of the house or for the salespeople, we're actually giving scholarship of Cicerone, the Cicerone certifications. Currently, our national, uh, one of our national scholarships is providing the textbooks so women can get their certification in the Cicerone. And that's, it's pretty awesome. Sorry, I didn't mean to hog. You're fine. You gave me so I would say I started out in beer on Instagram. And when I started out there, it wasn't, there wasn't really, I didn't feel like a community there. Um, but as time has passed on, like I have met so many great women on Instagram that are very serious about their beer, like this one right here next to me. Um, and it's, it's been amazing. And I feel like women are getting a lot more visibility um, and I don't know if, because I want to preface this by saying, I don't know if that's just because I'm looking for it. Um, but there's a lot more visibility and acceptability and, and men are open to women coming in and providing feedback and being a part of the process and them understanding that we, our voices need to be heard when it comes to um, the beer scene. So that has been amazing. Like I haven't run into any issues with um as far as diversity is concerned i know that stuff is out there for sure because i see it popping up on my twitter feed but uh anything i've experienced has been amazing and and the and the great uh, organizations out there are welcoming women and that it, that's a great thing i'm gonna answer the question because i think i remember what it was about it was about Yes, I knew it. Okay, I knew that was what the answer to the question was. Yeah, so um, being in beer, I've been blogging and um, drinking craft beer for about five years now. So when I started my experience, I was probably in college, coming out of college, not really familiar with beer that much and kind of stepping into things and really, you know, educating myself on things. Um, when I walked into a brewery back in 2012, 2013, um, there were not people of color, there were definitely not women, there were not many people who looked like me that made me, you know, comfortable to say, hey, this is a place I need to be in, or hey, I'm welcome here, or hey, this is, you know, something that you, just for me. So fortunately, 
beer has bridged the gap for so much that anytime I've ever walked into a, a brewery, a, a beer setting or any place that, you know, there aren't women in there. There aren't people of color. There aren't people who look like me. I've always been accept, accepted. I've always had great experiences. And um, just over the years, just, you know, being able to not just go locally, but to go into different states and to go into different areas and to really see that, you know, beer is all is, is really about is, you know, a very good experience. And I feel like, you know, over the years, I've been able to see a lot of evolving going on and a lot of true diversity happening. Um, and I really enjoy the fact that as a woman, as a black person, as a person in the LGBT community, I'm always safe in a beer setting. I'm always safe in a brewery. I'm always safe when it comes to beer. And uh, I don't even know. I can't even say if, you know, it's always, it, it's been an evolving experience or it's been changing over time. Maybe it's always been that way. And it's just now a matter of more people knowing that, you know, you can walk into a brewery and, you know, start the conversation with, hey, what are you drinking? And, you know, it goes from there. So I like, you know, the fact that I'm seeing more people come into it because that lets you know that is to be candid as whitewashed as people may think the craft beer community is it's it's a door wide open so it doesn't matter who you are what you look like or anything if you 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 have a passion for beer you like a good brew then the door's open for you come on in be a part of it it's there and um i'm i'm just really glad now that because we have very you know influential people and ground shakers you know, out here who are really, you know, out here making some moves and doing some things that they're showing that, you know, craft beer is an industry, a community, uh, a thing that you can be a part of in any way. I think that's really drawing more people in and drawing that diversity in that, you know, it's probably been lacking. But the appreciation, I feel, has always been there. The love has always been there. The support has been there. You got to go out there and get it. Yeah. Cheers. <laughs> I think the thing that I've noticed is changed um and it may be also be just a matter of exposure and us just kind of knowing about it more often is um and I this was highlighted today for me so so poignantly is that there are women behind the scenes doing a lot in this industry that we may not know about we were brewing at arches this morning for international women's day they were brewing at second self as well and a couple different <laughs> breweries around atlanta and the women who were there were the microbiologists and they were the brewers, and they're the marketing people, and they do events there. They plan the events. And I was just so blown away. Michelle and I got to go back into the yeast lab at Arches and sit with Bree, who sits there and counts dying and living yeast to figure out yeast viability. And she does it every day, several times a day, to make sure that the beer that we drink is fantastic. And I think that we just don't understand, first of all, how much goes into beer. Like, we know the ingredients, and we know you mash it, and blah, blah, blah. But, like, the, the detail and the sort of the science behind it that goes into it, like, Brie and Madeline are both microbiologists. And I'm like, what? I was so blown away. Like, if I had known that I could have had a career in beer from that angle, I probably would have done something instead of being an engineer like an idiot. I hated it. But <laughs> it's so boring. But I mean, if I had known that I could be counting yeast and drinking beer, I probably would have done that. But it's just so amazing, like the just the levels that women are are there because you think of them as the people who pour your beer or who bring it out on the and serve it, but they're selling it to the beer shops. They're selling it to um, you know, they're the reps when you go out. They own the beer shops. Right. Hello. They own the blogs that, you know, help to promote their influencers. Like, it's fantastic sort of this breadth and, and, and the scope of, of what we're doing now. And it might have, like you said, it might have always been there, but we maybe just didn't highlight or recognize it. So I love that it's being highlighted more because these women deserve a lot of, our, you know, adoration and, and they deserve credit for getting the beer to us from whatever angle that they are involved in the process. Yeah, because uh, being as a, a, a woman raised in the South, I was raised to think that beer was a man's drink and that it was gross. Like, not even that you can't drink that because you're a girl, but, like, you wouldn't like it anyway. And that's the angle it came from, which, like, blows me away. But then, like, today, scrolling through Instagram, I see Budweiser has revamped some of their old sexist advertisements from the 60s to make it more 
equal today. And I look at that and I don't know how that makes me feel if I go like, yes, get the inclusion where we can get it. Or are you just trying to become popular because you're losing out to craft beer? What do you guys think about seeing bigger? <laughs> well, yeah, like ju I just saw Budweiser today. They had side-by-sides of advertisements from magazines or, or billboards that would have a woman pouring her husband beer after work. And then they're like, 2019, they look exactly the same. It still looks like they're in the 60s, but they're sitting together with their shoes off after a long day with a Budweiser. So seeing, it's super cute. So I'm, I'm just curious about your guys' opinions. When you see macro things, <laughs> what do you guys think? Are, are you on the side of like inclusion where we can get it or like they're just trying to sneak in under the radar because they're losing to craft beer essentially? I mean, I'll go ahead and say... Um, Hope is what drives us to wake up every single morning hoping that there's a better tomorrow. Um, the fact that a lot of these, it's a big risk. And just to let you know my background, I'm a brand and marketing person. Um, I've been an executive in corporate world. It's a big risk knowing that they're going to probably offend a lot of their demographics doing this. Gillette just had a whole explosion when they did, in my opinion, a very liberating uh, commercial, but it did get a, back, a lot of backlash. So for a, I don't think they're jumping on the bandwagon. I truly believe that they're making a statement and they're making a statement in the right direction. Um, and, you know, here's hoping that we're the last generation that, you know, we are going to explain to our grandkids what inequality means. And by having events like this and having people honestly breaking glass ceilings and not only Instagram and writing books and you know, blogs, but as well as you guys in the uh, podcast, like we're breaking ceilings and those ceilings will never exist after today, which is awesome. Okay. No, I love what you said, but I feel like it's a little too late. I, I'm glad that they're doing it now, but like it's 2019. Where were you at 10, 20, 30 years ago? And I grew up in contrast, like, my mom and dad would split a Budweiser six-pack. They were like, my mom's like, three for me, three for you. If you touch my three, you're in trouble. <laughs> so I didn't know that women weren't supposed to drink beer until, like, I got into college. And I was like, oh, because my mom drinks beer. So I don't understand. But I'm kind of sad that they're not, that they just did that. I'm glad that they did, but I'm sad that it's just now happening. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to see an ad. I feel like we should cancel Bud Light in 2020 like we're going to cancel Donald Trump in 2020. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Stay hydrated, everyone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, so one thing we talk about a lot on the podcast is um, how you kind of like because really like as we've been talking about like beer isn't necessarily marketed towards women usually there's a lot of women who don't think that they like beer when you have a friend or when you have someone coming into your shop and they go I don't really like beer or they're like totally element and trying to find a beer that they like what do you do when you're explaining to either a customer or a friend or a follower like what sort of um beer that they should try and how do you go through that process with them well i can jump in here because um you know over the years in my experience as a beer blogger going out there and enjoying this experience in the way I have and introducing people to it, they've come back to me with a lot of questions to figure out, you know, how this stuff really works. So um, a lot of times I find that people are asking introductory questions to beer and wanting to figure out some stuff. And um, I also feel like a person who, you know, has taken my time out to be educated in beer. It's my job to educate people, make sure they're set. Good to know what they want to know in beer. What I love to do is to tell people because I, I love, especially when they're, like I said, you know, 
There's a lot of people who I deal with and my friends and my peers who are not familiar with craft beer or beer in general. So they're asking a lot of upfront and, and upfront questions. And I think it's so important to remind people and to let them know, like, I don't care about what you don't like. I can't do anything about what you don't like. You don't like to pay taxes. You don't like to put gas in your tank. You don't like to tell, you know, I can't do anything about what you don't like, but what is it that you do like? Because I can help you with the things that you do like. So, you know, just earlier talking to a gentleman here, well, what do you like in beer? What is it that you prefer? What is your favorite style? And if you don't know your favorite style, what's a beer you've tried maybe recently or something that you like that you can say, hey, this is what I like and I'm looking for this type of experience. A lot of times with that introductory, that introduction to craft beer or people who are not familiar, you have to remind them, hey, no one can do anything about what you don't want or what you don't like. I can do for you what you do like and what you like. We work in marketing. We turn, you know, shoppers into buyers. We're working in this kind of, you know, I can do something about what you want, what you like. You know, I can, I can, I can work with you at that angle. What I can't do is anything with you, what, what you don't want and what you don't like. So I always tell people, you know, when you're going, so if you find a beer that you like and you say, hey, I like this brown ale from red hair and they only do it so often, take a photo of the beer. Write the name down. Remember it later so that when you're out and you want that experience later and you're drinking a beer or you're, you're going to drink a beer and you're at a, 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 a brewery or some type of place that, you know, provides you with a large variety and selection of craft beer and you know you can get something good here, let them know, hey, this is what I've tried. This is what I like. I've been to Red Hair. I tried this. Uh, what is this? A brown ale. This has uh, such and such in it with such and such notes. Blah blah blah. Let the people behind the beer, the, behind the bar, do their job. You tell them what you like. They'll do their job and bring you some more stuff in that range of things you like. Don't tell them what you don't like. Literally, that's negative. It's negating the experience. It's a no. It's a yeah. It's a, it's not happy or good. <laughs> Be, be happy about it. Be, talk about stuff you like. Talk about stuff you want. Talk about stuff that I can, you know, help you with. I can't ever help you with anything you don't want and you don't like. So that's how my approach is. Tell them what you like. Write it down. Keep it for yourself. Next time you go out, let the people, you know, back there who are doing their job to bring stuff to the table that you like do their job. Very good, very good. And I'll just add to that. With my, I force beer on everybody that comes in my house. Anybody who comes to my condo, I'm going to force a beer on you. I don't really care, again, what you think. Um, but, uh, yeah, come by anytime. But what I, what I do is normally ask, well, what do you drink? It doesn't matter if it's, do you drink coffee? Do you drink tea? Do you drink wine? Do you drink soda? Like, what is your thing? Because there's always a beer somewhere out there that has some of those same notes, flavors, undertones that can sort of, be a gateway for you into drinking beer. Like my sister, for example, is a coffee drinker. She loves nice, fancy-ass organic coffee. She don't mess with that cheap stuff, and it goes in the French press, and it don't even mess with the French press. Don't touch it, because it's a process. It's not, it ain't none of your business. But I know that she loves coffee, so the first beer I tried on her was a, some kind of stout or a porter. I was like, I know she's going to like this, because this is her jam. And that's her go-to beer. And now it's opened her up into so many more beers. She drinks... Belgian quads. Now she's drinking the wintry mix that she loves. Right? She loves a Saison and a Rattler. So now, like, that was just giving her a starting point, a point of reference. And she, Hefeweizbier. That was, she loves that too because it's German. She likes to say it. She ordered it like that. I'll take a Hefeweizbier. Wow. Wow. Don't talk to the people like that at Midway. No, be nice. But, but that was the gateway. Like, you love coffee, and so I know what your thing is. And that made her more confident. Because I think, like, with me, with wine, I don't know what the hell I'm doing when I go into a wine shop. Or at a bar, I'm like, I don't know, white. I like white wine. What does that mean? It's like 80 different ones. So it's giving people, like, some place to start, and then they build confidence, I think is so important. It is no secret, Ash and I are huge fans of the Atlanta Beer Bus, and we have some pretty exciting news. Atlanta Beer Bus loves us back and loves all of you back. We have an exclusive code for Bitch Beer listeners. BB20 will get you 20% off your ticket. 
And uh, where can they find their tickets, Caroline? Uh, if you go to atlantabeerbus.com, you can see the full schedule. And you can look at all the breweries you can go to. You can book either a public tour. You can do a private tour if you want to. If you've got a bachelorette party. You've got Ooh. some girlfriends in town. If you know that you've got a family member coming in, they have early bird specials where you can book your tickets in advance for even cheaper. And, I mean, the whole thing with the beer buses, it's pretty great because you don't have to drink and drive. If you're at Second Self and you want to go to Scofflaw, hop on the bus. They make it easy. It's really fun. They have a beer nerd on the bus that'll tell you about each brewery. It's a really, really, really fun experience. And they've recently added a Decatur route where you can stop at places like Wild Heaven and brew pubs like Twain's and Brick Store, which is not something yes. they were doing before. And Wrecking Bar, too. And the Porter. Go see Molly Gunn. She's the best. <laughs> <laughs> if all of that sounds incredible to you, then you should take the opportunity as a Bitch Beer listener to use code BB20 to get 20% off your tickets. And you can use the code for Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And again, 20% off your ticket. You're getting money off of your ticket. It's already pretty cheap to get on this bus considering how many places you can go. So if this weekend you're thinking you'd like to have a couple beers, or if you'd like to drink half of Atlanta, use code BB20 at AtlantaBeerBus.com. I'm just going to say you hit the nail on the head. Um, yeah, I, I own a beer and wine shop. And usually when people come in and they're like, well, I don't really like beer. Honestly, the first beer that I ever liked was a porter. So I actually go and get start them on a milk stout or a porter. Um, I think it's very approachable. Um, it's a very, you know, but I always tell people no matter what your experience level, just because one, never be intimidated by it because we all started somewhere. Um, I mean, I was drinking, I'll admit, uh, what was that, Zima with the Jolly Rancher? <laughs> Hi, my name is Caroline. I am a basic bitch. Zima, it was like eighth grade. That was my yeah. shit. Yeah. With a watermelon Jolly Rancher? Oh, man, that was a cheap date. Uh, so I think... I think the one thing that the audience should definitely know is that when you get people passionate about beer, it's they all understand it's not meeting them where they are, but meeting them where the people that they're trying to start beer. And like we're all humble and we just want to share, share our passion when it comes to beer. So, Chris, you were talking about spinning it positive. Like you can't do anything with a no or a can't. Spinning it positive. This, I think, goes for, for, for all of society, but I'll keep it to beer. What can we as women do to be more positive and uplifting to other women in the beer industry? Because I, we've all been there. We go places, and somebody's ready to talk shit about somebody else, and you want to go, why? We, when we win, we all win. So how are – I'm going to keep it specific to beer because we can make it about – the entertainment industry, the, but if we keep it about beer, what is something we can all do as women in the beer industry to uplift other women in the beer industry? Yeah. Luckily, I have an experience. No cattiness whatsoever in the beer industry I've ever experienced. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe we <laughs> I'm just joking. Um, what can we do to keep it positive between other women in craft beer? I think just because there's a lack of embracement and acknowledgement for women in craft beer, as we sometimes feel as women, it may be there, but we feel that, you know, there's that lack of embracement. And um, I, I, I personally don't come across that experience. And I don't feel like it's something I have to address or to do to say, hey, you know, but I will say this being, a, and I had this conversation earlier, being an influencer, being a blogger, doing this for a while, you have people who jump into the game now and they want to be a part of craft beer, be a part of craft beer in any way that you can. What I don't want is for you to come up to me asking me, oh, where do I start? Oh, what do I do? Mm, you know, hey, you got to get out here and get it how everybody else get it. You got to figure it out, you know, the way, the same way everybody else figured it out. It's not that I didn't have people to ask where do I start or anything. It's just a matter of if you truly have that genuine interest and you want to, you know, gain that knowledge, you're going to do what you can on your own to figure out where it is that, you know, you want your footing in this industry. Um, I have a friend now. She has been into IPAs, IPAs, IPAs. She sends me IPAs all the time. I'm like, why don't you just start an IPA page? You're, you, you like IPAs. That's your thing. You don't try anything else. Do the IPAs. 
oh yeah, that's like, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so you know, putting that stuff out there. Um, but I think that us being the examples that we are, us um walking in our purposes and moving the way that we do is a good enough example and influence for other women in beer to, you know, find their paths and to find their, you know, uh footings and what what they want to do in craft beer. Um, there's only so much. It's beer. We're not dealing with everything around here. It's not dancing with the stars. It's just beer. <laughs> so it's only so much that we can really do here. And for me, an important part of my job is to be educated on my different beer styles, on different things that are uh, recipes, ingredients, and stuff that are included in beers so that I can be able to speak to that, to voice that, so that other people can trust my knowledge of beer and to say, hey, if, if craft beer Chris says drink this beer, drink it. If she says stay away, I know not to go waste my time buying that beer. So that's really what I can do at my angle, you know, personally, where I am in myself. But I do feel like, you know, women in general, like we're still working our way up in the ranks of craft beer to be seen, even though we do so much work. And um, I feel like there's a, a general consensus amongst all of us. There's a general love, appreciation, a openness, a welcomeness amongst all of us that, you know, there aren't many challenges and barriers that you would expect to see probably in other industries that you do here. There's really like, hey, you're a woman in beer. Wow, I'm a woman in beer. Hug me, love me, let's be friends and let's make this experience greater and let's involve more people. Um, to piggyback on what Chris said, yes, we need to, if you see a woman in craft doing something awesome, celebrate her. If that's posting about her on Instagram, Twitter, whatever social media you love, like show her some love. And that is part of my mission as a writer is to celebrate the women I see doing awesome things and writing about them. That way other people know about these women because that is that is the way. And, and that's what I feel like you guys do, Bitch Beer, um, is to bring, shine a light on the women who are doing awesome things in the community. And that is how we bring each other up. Yeah. To sum it up, just engage, show up, be a part, honestly, because if there's anyone, excuse me, women have so much doubt, especially when they feel like they're a minority, and to give them affirmation that what they're doing is right, they're going to keep going, and they're going to be trailblazers, and that's what everyone here is doing. Awesome. No, thank you so so much we're gonna do some um questions in the audience if anybody has any questions for everybody all right you know you better have a question out of everybody out here simple question simple simple what do you think it would take to transform the image of beer from a dude like male kind of thing to a female's drink what do you think is going to change the image of beer? So what do you think it's going to take for the image of beer itself to be less male dominant? The Kardashians have to get involved. <laughs> you got to do shit like this. You got to put your big old face on a coaster and put it on somebody's table and then they will look at you and they... <laughs> And they will recognize you. <laughs> I love the Kardashians, but I love Jordan more than I love the Kardashians. <laughs> and I love Black China. I, th I think that one of the things is, I mean, just again, highlighting that women are a big part of this industry and that we're involved from every stage, from brewing to selling to retailing. And um, I think it's really important, again, to just keep highlighting our involvement in the industry. And then also, writing. Yeah, I, I be writing stuff. Tasting, hosting events. Just, I think, exposing more people, I think, does it. Yeah, yeah, being unapologetic. And then I think also just like, like the industry right now is so creative and it hasn't always been. And I think that, I mean, Women are super sort of um, 
I think we're really in tune with our palates. I'm, not to say that guys are not, but I think that women do a really good job of associating flavors in beer with food and other experiences in our lives, at least I do. And so I think that just maybe consulting women in brewing or talking about flavors that women would love to see in beers, maybe elevating beer to a point where it has more ingredients and is more interesting. And I think that's what a lot of breweries are doing right now, just making beer a lot more interesting. It's not as basic and boring as it used to be. And I think it makes people, women and men, just more excited to drink what's new. Women have to be unapologetic. I live my life on unapologetic terms. And that's why I can get to the places that I get where I don't pay for beer when I go to breweries as a woman. You have to be unapologetic. Make your place and your statement known to everyone. It's not about it being a male-driven anything industry. It's, you have to be unapologetic. You have to know what you want. You have to speak what you want and say what you want. And that's how you really have your voice among men and to be recognized among men. I'm a black woman in America. I have the highest purchasing power in this nation. The dollar runs under my mouth and my tongue. If I tell the dollar to stop, the dollar stops. If I tell the dollar to run, the dollar runs. I have to be able to know my power. You have to be able to know your power as a woman, as a woman of color, woman in the LGBT community. You have to know your place, your position, your power as a woman. I could be driving Uber for a man sitting in my back seat who made how many figures, but he'll respect me at the end of the day if I know who I am and I know where I am in, in my place in the society. So when, I, when I'm riding an Uber, to be real with y'all, when I'm riding an Uber and I have these white men in the back of my car who make more money than me, and I tell them I know I'm a black woman and I, own, and I hold the purchasing power in this nation, they respect that. And they love that and they understand that because... It doesn't matter about all these big things. At the end of the day, know yourself, know your worth. Being a woman in general, being a black woman, it's a, it's a, it's a great place to be in, in my opinion. Right. Cheers. Right. Does anyone have anything to add to that? Because, yes, yeah, okay. Moving on, next question. I have a question. So as a man, I just, no, I'm just like. <laughs> No, I just, just kidding. No, no, seriously, that was great. So um, I'm, I'm looking at some very strong women in the industry in different disciplines. I would like to know what are or has been your biggest challenge in whatever you're trying to, everybody should have some type of goal, some type of enroll, whatever they're trying to get to. Thus far, what has been your biggest challenge? <laughs> Where do we start? <laughs> so, um, and I'll just be completely frank and transparent. When I started my business, I was very frustrated as a woman. I was not, if you go to Harvard Business Review, and if, you, if you're, especially if you're in any type of business, you definitely need to start following them. But the way that women are respected and the way that they are discredited whenever they go for capital, um, trying to raise capital or trying to start a business. So I'm also in a software where uh, we have our own proprietary software. Women get less than 3% of venture capital, less than 3%, but we bring a 65% return on investment, higher than our male counterparts. When we are asked about when we start a business, it's all about what are our risks? How do you do this? What are our costs? When males are asked the same, like in the same setting, what is your potential? So women are seen as a risk, males are seen as a potential. So you wanna know our biggest challenge is the fact that we don't have the respect that we have earned and that we deserve. So it starts from the very beginning and I think our biggest challenge is just having respect that not only are we deserve a seat at the table, we deserve a seat to speak. We deserve the voice to not be challenged. We don't need mansplaining in our life. <laughs> <laughs> and 
And as you can see, this is something that is prevalent in every single female who works in a male-dominated industry. I just want to say she a boss. Make sure you drop by the beer location. Pinky's up in Roswell. She's a boss. We, we, we don't like mansplaining in craft beer. So I just want to say one more thing. Like, in my business, we do not take tips for to supplement the income of the people that work for us. We only take tips for charity. And the reason why, and this is something that opened up my eyes when I started doing research, Nine out of 10 women in the service industry are sexually harassed in their jobs. Nine out of 10. So you look at how many women that we have here that work here, nine of us have been sexually harassed in our job. So if you think of the challenges that we face, it's more than just, you know, not getting the venture capitalism. It's the lack of respect of being a human being that shouldn't be, feel afraid or feel uncomfortable at her own job. Sorry. <laughs> I just wanted to say I'm so tired of being told what a crowler is versus a growler. Oh my goodness. I had an experience recently. I couldn't even come at the brewery. I had to say, I think it's just the guy you guys had working behind that bar. He didn't, he looked at me as a woman or whoever I was that he saw, but I really felt as though he looked at me as a woman and I came in and I asked for something and he thought, oh, you're a woman, you don't know what you want. Let me tell you what I want. Four times I had to bring, in four different ways I had to ask for the same four pack of beer to this guy. I was so frustrated when I left and I knew that wasn't the brewery who was responsible for that experience. I knew it was the staff and it was that one particular guy coming at me that way because of me being a woman. I know what I want. If I come in and I say, hey, I'm looking for the such and such, do you have a four pack? I went to your anniversary event. I've tried every beer on that menu. I didn't come here to buy a beer. I came here to buy a four pack, do you have it? It's a yes or no question. It's not a matter of a crowler, let me explain this to you. It's not a matter of a growler, let me explain this to you. It's not a matter of, oh, well, let me tell you about everything I have going on in here. I'm here with you. I asked for this, if you, if you have it, you do, if you don't, you don't. Okay, cool. Little did he know, he was, he was dealing with the craft beer connoisseur. I made a stank, y'all, I made a stank, it was stanky. But at the end of the day, I know that brewery understands and I, I showed them that, you know, at the end of the day, I, I appreciate you guys as a brewery, but sometimes, you know, those people behind the bar, they're, they're essential to the experience. Women or men, don't, come at me like I don't know my beer when I'm walking into you. If I'm already a, a different person out of the patch anyway, walking up to you asking you for a, a specialty beer, that should be a clue enough for you that I know what's going on. That's not a clue for you to tell me what's going on. You don't see people like me all the time coming in your brewery asking for a specific type of beer, even giving you special details with it. Don't look at me as an exception. Look at me as the exception and say, I'm going to give you a, a, a very good experience. And I'm going to bring you back as a woman. Um, not, to, not to like shit on that brewery, but that comes with training. What breweries need to do is train their, their employees to know that if a woman, a black woman, a, a black man, whatever, comes up to your brewery, if he, doesn't, if he isn't white with a beard, because that's what everyone says people that love beer look like. Yeah. Um, if he isn't white with a beard, don't treat them differently. They're walking into your brewery. Try to figure out what they know, but don't ask condescending questions. Like, you have no idea what this person walking up to your brewery knows. Like, they're, me and my husband went to Asheville a few months ago, and I forgot. We walked in there. We were the only black people in there. But we know beer. So don't, like, don't treat us any differently than you would. And that's what breweries need to understand. That's what they need to train their employees to treat everyone the same. And it's, yes, yes. And it's, it's not, just treat everyone the same. That's it. And it's, unfortunately, you have to tell people that, but tell them. That's it. Yeah.
so I want to follow up with that because um, I came to realize something yesterday as a business owner. Uh, I had a, a Asian guy in my store yesterday, and I think this is a, a good leading into you know what pe what do we need to do to take away those challenges? And you know me being as accepting as I am, not only as a woman, a minority, in the business world, but I mean I'm not gonna be naive to think that, you know, I come from a different skin color, I don't understand. And what made me realize that I really don't have an understanding of anything was when the person that was in my beer store said, I watched uh, the Asian movie that just came out and it was the first time in my life that I saw an all Asian cast. And for the, and it just dawned on me as a businesswoman that I don't know where people come from. I assume that I want to be as accepting and as understanding as possible, but I really don't have that understanding. And to be more conscious of that is something that I'm going to challenge myself and the people that work in my business, that we have to know everything. We don't have to assume that just because we're doing a certain thing that it's the right thing, that assuming actually leads down to a wrong path. It's just, you know what? I don't know, but I hope to treat you and not just because I'm trying to single anyone else. I really, truly just want to treat everyone the same. And no matter what I do, I cannot pretend to know that that's just one experience that you guys have out of a thousand. And I just hope that the one experience that I provide in my store is the best experience you get. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I mean, round of applause for all these amazing ladies that are up here. Happy International Women's Day. Thank you all so much for coming out, for supporting us, for listening. Um, if you have any more questions, we'll just be here drinking our beers. And yeah, come on up. And thank you again so much for joining us. Yeah. Let's uh, rapid fire tell everybody where they can follow you. So, so we are at Bitch Beer Podcast everywhere. Pinkies up, BW. I'm going to make it complicated. It's She Loves Craft on Instagram and Steph. S-T-E-P-H, two underscores, Grant, on Twitter. Peace up. You didn't know that. You got the Peace whole up. <laughs> I am Craft Beer Chris. You can find me at the, T-H-E-E, Craft Beer Connoisseur, C-O-N-N-O-I, S, hold on, let me do my Kiki Palmer jump. C-O-N-N-O-I-S-S-E-U-R, the craft beer connoisseur. So I have too many Instagrams. I'm ATL Beer Boutique, and I'm also the chick's guide to beer. Thank you all so much for listening. We're making a trip to LaGrange, and you lovely listeners are going to get two episodes out of it. Our first of two will be up next, and these guys may have just won something huge. You don't want to miss it. Cheers.